This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDarren.com. Today is March 28th, 2017. It's been a while, but we back with you. We back at you. I got Calhoun with me. What's up, homie? It's been a long time, boy. You know what knocked us off our pivot foot? We ain't going to talk about it, no? No, I was going to bring it up. So this podcast is actually the curious case of Rick Ross. But before we get to him, it's pretty much been two months since February 5th, 2017. Next week will be two months exactly. But... For those who don't know, February 5th, 2017, the day that Atlanta Falcons blew the biggest Super Bowl lead, blew the, blew the biggest lead ever in the Super Bowl. So two months later, checking in with you before we talk about, you know, the main subject, Ross, how do you feel? Still like shit. They won. So you know, that's why it took us this long. We haven't even been clamoring for We usually do like a let's talk about the draft. Let's talk about. Free agency. Let's talk about it. I don't. We don't. I don't give a shit. I haven't even been watching sports. They were on sports for me. So, hence while we talk, this isn't a sports podcast. This is a Rick Ross podcast. So much like you, the Falcons ruin sports for me. And I haven't looked at sports, and I haven't looked at the house. I just don't care. So I'm really living like an older person, where they just uh, a person who never grew up in sports, just somebody who always was in the books, and books was his. Escape from reality, whereas most of us sports is an escape from reality. So, like, I don't even know what's going on in the world of sports, and the Falcons have done that to me. So, I know it's people, and me and you talk to some some of the people the Digital Darren um, crew have ta- basically got over. Hey, we ready for next year? We'll just follow them next year. I think me and you are taking it a little harder, and so you know, it's kind of left us in the same place whereas the rest of the world have moved on. Right. Right. It was not just cats we kick it with, RTR and Jack and a couple of others, even some guys in, in these Facebook groups, some of these Falcon groups, I'm in, I need to get out of them. And uh, some more cats I'm talking to. I, I don't even listen to sports radio anymore. Like, I took sports radio off of my preset. And think I was a, I was a daily caller at one time. That's how much I used. I didn't even listen to music while I work. I listened to sports talk radio. I don't care. So they really took it away from me. I, I'm not. I don't even know at this point if they were playing. I wouldn't even be watching the game. Which ties into you know what we're doing now. So I like when I like when football season's out because you know one of my things I like to talk about is more of our relationship podcast and especially music. We don't get enough music podcasts in, so we're going to try to do that. Apologies to the fans. We're going to try to do that. It seems like the Falcons are, are going to leave us with a bigger hole and content to fill for the podcast. So we'll probably fill that content with more relationship and music stuff. So, you know, with that being said, we're going to start off a music thing with Rick Ross. And this is basically the curious case of Rick Ross. So we're going to talk about the new album a little bit, but we're going to talk about him in general and how he's built up a strong case for whatever you may consider him as. And this started from a conversation we had the other day. 
and we were just talking. I think it was me, you, and somebody else, and we were just talking about the album in general. And it wound up leading to damn Ralston drop album after album after album. Where does he fit in in this whole grand scheme of things? So, just to bring the people in, that's how we got started. So, before we talk more about that, the big picture, let's talk about the album now. What are your thoughts on the album? Classic. It rides. It's what the game needs now. Rap is struggling. If you really pay attention to it, rap is almost turning into what R&B has turned into. Uh, there's still some more stuff pushing, but R&B has lost a lot of luster. Like, there is no more good R&B, really. And if you notice, like, no one's singing for real. And that was over a matter of time. Like, it's, it's just dissipated. It dissipated. And rap is doing the same thing because of what these crackers are pushing out has been just straight trash. It's been horrible. And you have to find diamonds. And he has given you a mainstream Diamond consistent album. You do not have to skip a song on this album. The album is Rick Ross certified. It's good stuff. Uh, it's an interesting point when you talk about R and B. It's amazing how R and B has changed, and you don't see bands. You don't really see so R and B and rap are completely opposite in this regard. You see a lot of new rappers spring up every day. You very rarely see new artists spring up like that. I mean, people who are cons- who are actually becoming more mainstream or whatever. And it seems like. Like you said, like R&B is basically dying. And I agree with your bigger point. I think that... Now, hold on. I think R&B has died. If you think about it, you have Chris Brown sometimes, but he raps on R&B. Neo Soul has died down, has as went to almost a screeching halt. Uh, there's no really no new artists there. Beyonce, and she's, so, she's more pop than R&B. There's no R&B acts. There's no more. I mean, Trey Songz, Chris Brown's like we don't have a girl. We don't have a girl R and B like group of act. We don't have a boy band or boy yeah, group like a Jodeci or stuff like that. Like that is kind of going the way yeah, of the dodo almost. That's so. no Luther Vandross, no Freddie Jackson, no People Bryson. That's none of that. That stuff is all no Aaron Hall, no R Kelly. You know he drops every night. Like it really has. Came to a screeching halt. R&B has R&B has died. Meanwhile, the number of new rappers has increased exponentially. Yeah, but they're they're so trash. They're one hit wonders. They're going. They're not. No one's gonna know who Lil Uzi Vert is in five years. Or it's a couple more of these idiots that's just coming out. You're not gonna know who these guys are. Migos, because Migos has been going longer than usual, but. This stupid idiot rap, this it can't it can't hold because it's fat, so it can't hold. So instead of looking at it like old men would talk about it, I want to look at it from the standpoint. You made a good point or interesting point, like basically white people are promoting BS rap, and I agree with that. But it's almost one of the things like we have killed, we've cut our own nose. So like it was a time when rap was like wrestling. It was a time where like rap meant something and like you didn't it was a you didn't see rick flair wrestle on a regular show you only saw rick flair wrestle when you paid on pay-per-view and i equate that to seeing you didn't see tupac just hop on the song with anybody you didn't just see biggie hop on the song with anybody the greats kind of kept their product great and you had to pay for it the the mixtape generation kind of killed rap and with the with the increase of technology it's easier for anybody to come out with their own music, their own songs, and hence their own mixtape. 
you can drop a mixtape on live pill for like two hundred dollars. A live mixtape for like two hundred dollars or something. It's like a real affordable amount. So with that being said, a lot of we went away from making people pay for what the one thing we do offer in the United States culture to giving it away for free. And I think that's overall the big problem in black music too, is that we've given away what we should be selling. So you don't see nothing else doing that. I don't see pop. I don't see Justin Bieber dropping mixtapes or Taylor Swift or whoever else these motherfuckers. Adele, who else? You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, yeah, they don't drop. I don't know why we because it. They and even to your point to take I, race I, out of it. I mean, and sorry to cut you off. Even to your point to take race out of it. Beyonce, you don't see Beyonce drop no goddamn mixtape. No, but on the flip side, they wasn't getting bootleg. I don't know how all these rap artists was getting for a long time. Remember that shit was leaking. It was getting bootlegged. And so that's how they just started making mixtape. People was already taking it. Again, you didn't see their version. You didn't see who these New Direction, whatever them crackers called. You didn't see them getting bootlegged. They're not getting bootlegged. A future drop of album, it gets bootlegged. And I don't think that's coincidence. I think that's, again, it goes to the big point. I think the label does that intentionally to devalue the output, basically to keep them guys still to keep them under contract longer. I think so. I think they're leaking. Exactly. They leaked it. So, that's, hence, how you come with these mixtapes. And a lot of these mixtapes, honestly, are better than a lot of their albums. While they drop better mixtapes than he does albums, uh, Rocco has dropped better mixtapes than albums. There's a lot of cats who have great mixtapes, bad albums. And this is what brings us, and let's bring it back to Ross. He's one of the few rappers who mixtapes or album worthy, and al- he's consistently good. And to talk about this album real quick, like you said, it ride. My favorite is the Santorini Grease. I like the Maybach Music um, Six or Five. I forget which number it is. I like the radio song with Ty Dolla Sign just for the simple fact. One of the things that I know you you're not a big fan of, but one of the things Ross does well, and he's done all throughout his career, is kind of pick his beats and. St- he doesn't steer too far from that kind of collection of beats he likes. His production is awesome. There's very few people that have a production made. Very few artists have ever had the production he has, and he may be one of very few to have it as consistent as he has. He has so much. His catalog is so extensive. I mean, the only person having it... Who probably had that kind of catalog that with that many beats would be Beats by the Power in the Old No Limit era, but it wasn't like as his beats are like classical, so it doesn't matter when what era it's in as far as hip hop is concerned. Like if you have old Beats by the Power or uh, Cash Money, if you have one of those kind of beats, you know what it is. You know what I mean? But Rick Ross has classical stuff like Dungeon Family, like Organized Noise had a classical. They had classic type hip hop beats like the Roots have classic type. Jay Dilla, they have classic type stuff. There's Scott Storch, classic stuff, and that's the cloth that he does. That's the land that he riding. And it's amazing because at first everybody thought he was tied to Justice League because you know those who did his first, few, you know, basically his first three or four albums, he still used them for a beat or two on every album. But now it's just he's went from beat billionaire. He does a lot of different people now, and it's just amazing how he can consistently. No matter who, how many beats they present to him, how he can consistently hit pick the right beat for his voice. And the key again, I'm gonna go back to that Santorini Greece. 
Like that blends a little old school hip hop with a little a little new age melody. It's just so unique, and he rides that song. Pistol shooting dice, rich forever killer. Take my old advice. Better yet, take my old bitches and mold them right. And if I want her back, I come and take her back. Santorini, Greece. I put it on the map. To the Maybach music, like the Maybach music, always a classic. He don't really do the 808s too much unless he's doing a trap song. It's not that cash money hard, boom, 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 boom type thing. He always hits back kind of subtly or whatever. So I think that the reason why this works, this album is such a classic, and his albums are consistently probably B plus or better because he knows he knows what he's good at and sticks to his strengths as far as beats and beat production. Yeah, he says in his line that he does well. And even the stuff he doesn't release is amazing. And you're the one who turned me on to that uh, uh, Oyster Perpetual. I'm smoking to the face, floating out of space. Heard man's house shoes, getting straight to the cake. Hundred bottles, chick stamp, Sarasota, as I money launder. Laundry mats on every corner. Coin operated like them boys out in Vegas, beating fed cases like reprimanding these fifth graders, skipping fizz and yoga. So, man, that thing could have been on any one of his albums. That, that thing rides. It's amazing the stuff that don't make the cut. It's also amazing how extensive his catalog is. He has right now more music than Tupac has. He Stop has. right there. We did our top five podcast, and I put him as my sixth man on the bench. And it was me, you, Cash, Sam, then. Nobody laughed at that. And so as much as... So that goes right there to show you how much respect he probably should get in this game you know what i'm saying and we're going to talk about where does he where does he stand long term but i was thinking about who would he be, be compared to i had a couple of analogies and i kind of forgot all of them but i'm gonna try to remember the ones i can remember so i was thinking like if you look at sports his doppelganger would be somebody like frank robinson from baseball so nobody ever say Frank Robinson was the best ever, but Frank Robinson is the only person to ever win the MVP in two in each league. He won like two or three World Series, had like six hundred career home runs, like batted three hundred. So like overall, his the breadth of his career is greater than one particular thing you'd be re- you would have read about in his career. And this is one of those things where you'd be like, "Oh, this Frank, this Frank Robinson motherfucker was the shit in his day." And it's kind of what you have to look back at Ross and say, like, God forgives I don't. Teflon done. Deeper than rap. Triller. Port of Miami. Mastermind. This. Rather you than me. What was the one with did he just re- release last year with the um the song with Dream? Just a slew of songs in the catalog that's from a black market. Black market. A catalog that's just and think about it, like you said to the things that don't release. He took that um Bankroll Fresh beat that Bill Gates and he killed that and then put it on the album. He's 
he's made. First off, I also want to give a shout out. Uh, Frank Robinson reference. Holy crap! <laughs> you took it way back with that one, didn't you? Yeah, I was trying to think of something a little more recent, but I'm, I'm, I'm having a. The only thing, I, the only other reference I had was like a wrestling reference, and I know a lot of people wouldn't get that, so I had to go with. I, I didn't get that one. I had to Google him, so put everybody to work like you just did me. <laughs> but do you see the point I'm saying? Of course. The thing about him is, I don't know. You brought up a great point the other the other day. He does not get the claim he should, because let's be honest, if Rick Ross was in the '90s. If he came out then, he'll be one of the greats. You would say he was one of the greatest rappers to rap, and he would have sold multi platinum by now. Multi platinum. He doesn't, and I think you were telling me he doesn't have one album that went platinum, right? Yeah, he hasn't went platinum yet. That's tra- that's a travesty, but it's the era. Nobody goes platinum now because with all this stuff, like I've listened to the whole album, but I listen to it on Spotify and you can listen to it on YouTube. So this isn't the area where you buy CDs. His album is so good, you listen to it, and I'll go buy the CD. I bought, C- I bought the CD. Ross is one of the few people, for I can buy him. You know what I'm saying? I haven't been, the only time I was disappointed was with that um, Hood Bill, you know, when he tried to do two albums in one year. I think he tried to step way above his lane in that regard. But by and large, Ross doesn't let me down. And you know me, I didn't start off as a Rick Ross fan. They actually took... Jay Ferrari to kind of show me his greatness and I was listening with him and he just explained some stuff and kind of could see where he was coming from. One of the things I'm, I respect about Ross is whenever he drops an album, he always does like a circuit, like everybody, they do a circuit interview, but he has like a theme for all his albums and he's able to articulate his theme before the album comes out. And so that may be like low hanging fruit or something that's, that you think is very easy to do. But whatever he does, he he articulates his theme and when the album drops it hits the articulation it hits the theme out of the park so i don't i don't know if you get that from anybody else like you guys drake where his album is is always more life and it's just whatever like ross be like hey i'm going for a new york sound or a classic hip-hop sound i want a dirty grimy sound and he hits those notes when he does those themes throughout his albums any album so yeah he does let me ask you this. You said if he, you brought up a good point. You saying if he was brought, if he came out in the two thousands, he would be considered one of the best ever. He probably would. Be, it probably would be Biggie, Tupac, Ross, just from his catalog, right? You know what I'm saying? How much of his lack of overall success comes from the shenanigans, basically the off court shenanigans or the off the album shenanigans that we associate with him? I think some of it does, and that's what I was telling you the other day. So Rick Ross. In all honesty, is probably he's a he's a much more successful Spice One. That's who he is. Remember, Spice One was well, was jealous. Got me strapped. Spice One was the before Snoop before Tupac. Spice One was the West Coast, right? But then you find out he was a studio gangster, and he lost a lot of credibility in that joint. So Rick Ross is the same. We're talking about a CEO. Turn bodyguard, turn rapper. He didn't know no. If he knew them dope niggas, he was talking. And then we talking about a guy who took on another a real dope guy's name who's still alive. <laughs> so his whole makeup, how he came about, was fraudulent. So Rick Ross is the equivalent you marrying an ex prostitute who's stripped, and all your homies on fucked her, and then but you find out she can cook and she love hard. <laughs> 
yeah, you got a successful marriage now, but boy, what kind of baggage did you have to get there? <laughs> and it's up to you to get over that baggage to get there. Most of us cannot. So let me ask you this. What is the most damning off the field, off the album shenanigan for him? The CEO using somebody else's name in your eyes. What's the most damning? I think it's all together because he talked so much dope. And you don't believe he made You don't believe he was in that kind of lifestyle. There's no way to believe him. He was in that lifestyle. There was no dope dealer. You wouldn't know I got these keys, I got them pound, these booby boys. Oh, he wasn't none of this. Well, you said it best. I think it was one of our, I think the Southern Hip Hop um, Fantasy Draft Podcast where you were like, he's an author. He's a hell of an author. And I yeah. think part of it, like you said, is, is is too many pieces to break out and say this is the one piece that makes him look completely fraudulent. It is the, he used to be a CEO. It is the, he took somebody else's name. I mean, real, the real Ross, Rick Ross sued him. And that's when he started calling himself Rigger Roseanne Renzel and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So it it is the fact that he does some of these other shenanigans. So like one of the things to me that's secretly one of the good things of, that secretly why he stays at least on the tip of people's tongues is he's he does two things. He's not above publicity stunts. Like what was it before Mastermind? He wound up shooting. Remember he got he he said he was getting shot up. Yeah, like stuff like that. I think was like basically a publicity stunt for him to. Because first off, his car didn't get shot up like that with him in it, and and then crash into some bushes or whatever. And he get out and walk away. Cause remember he said he walked away, and the girl he with they just was they just were mentally shaking up, but nothing other than that, right? Bullets that car looked like Swiss cheese. So, no. But it's that kind of stuff to have you like, come on, Rick. <laughs> come on, Christopher. Oh, God. His real name is Christopher. No, his real name is William. What, William what? Roberts. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's worse than that Christopher. <laughs> William Roberts? Yeah. Should have been a newscaster. Should have been a news anchor. Got him. So... Boy. And another thing he does, so besides the publicity stunts, and this goes to the album he just released, and we're going to talk about basically the letter to Baby, the song where he was talking about Baby. He always does stuff for publicity sake, and and God forgives he don't, I don't, he was like, and this one he tell you, I'm happy Donald Trump became the president because we got to destroy before we you know, just he does stuff for like shock value, and even like with the song about baby, baby basically was saying, "Man, Ross." His response was, "Ross just do anything to sell albums." So like he, and so I kind of understood where baby would come from. Ross isn't above shaking up controversy to sell a couple albums or keep his name fresh or whatever. Yeah, I don't ever subscribe to none of that stuff. I don't. I'm not into. I guess because I am old, I'm not into the drama stuff. Me personally, they've, they've, he's done his uh, publicity rounds. He's done his rounds talking about that song. I mean, that song is not impressive to me. It wasn't like, oh, my God, he went off on Baby. Because if we're old enough, we remember what really happened. Baby did screw them motherfuckers. So that isn't no big deal to me. And I'm not bringing up that, that happened 15 years ago. It's not relevant to me, honestly. I mean, it's. I mean, side note, that's the industry, right? Baby isn't doing anything else that Atlantic or that Master P hasn't done. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, 
Everybody screwed everybody. Except for Rico Wade, he should have screwed out there. Once you watch that special, he should have screwed all them. Cause they screwed him. Cause you see what happened when you show love, right? Somebody gets screwed. Exactly. You see what happened when you show love, you get screwed. So I don't, I don't, I didn't subscribe to it. It didn't matter to me. Um, but that attention. So I think it was Cujo said on a good amount about grown men don't beg for attention. So stuff like that, I don't like it because it's, when you're a grown man, you don't do attention, attention stuff. You don't do it. You're not an attention whore. And he's you know, an attention whore. He's an attention whore. So that's a direct indictment of him also. He really is an attention whore. So that stuff doesn't... All those things go against him. Now, his music speaks for itself. As much as he paints them lines, as much lying as he does, he paints a Picasso, a Picasso of it. It's amazing. He is a... He's he the is, Michelangelo around. He, he's a script writer. Without a doubt, you can put this in the movies. He's a he's an action hero, is what he is, and that's that's what he is. But he puts it together so well. If Rick Ross is in the nineties, without a doubt, he'll have triple platinum albums easily. And his catalog is undeniably undisputed. You said it best. We said three CDs. You can't name an artist with five CDs that just ride like he rides. You just get five. Rick Ross CDs, and you can bring all who you want to bring to him. You'll be hard pressed to have five or six CDs out of his catalog. You're not gonna have it with Jay Z. You're not gonna have it with Nas. You're not gonna have it with Eminem. Even have five. Big only got two. Big only has two. How many would you say with Tupac? Three or four? Uh, yeah, four. Tupac may have four or five. May. Think yeah. about it. We're not even so we can name right now. We could just well, off the we, top. I can't say because when he died, I didn't listen to the stuff after death. So he had like a couple albums after his death. See, I don't count post home and stuff because you're not there sitting the album. So like part, I mean, kind of what we're talking about now. Part of what makes Ross great is he picks the songs, lays out the album, and he does it really well, right? You know what I'm saying? saying? We talking about production, all that stuff. Tupac is up there also because it's stretch, but his. The stuff afterwards, I didn't listen to it, but that, that he has critically acclaimed, you know, four or five mics in a source type stuff. I just didn't listen to it when he died. Yeah, I mean, I'm agree with you. I, I'm, I told you, I'm not a big post hummus fan, post hummus fan, because I don't know how much say people have in those type things. You know what I'm saying? So, but I mean, you can name. We just saying five. Ross Wood got nine albums out. You can name really six of them things, seven if you want to be gracious and be like. Probably seven, then you gotta name like three or four mixtapes. And that's the second part of this, right? The only person who's mixtape game is probably like Ross is Wayne. Maybe Drake. Drake? You say Drake? I said maybe Drake. Wayne or maybe Drake. He don't have mixtapes like that. He, he had an album. He don't have mixtapes. It's Wayne, Rick Ross. Uh, early on, T.I. had some, but not as many. It's Jeezy. As far as mixtape King would be like Jeezy. He had mixtape and albums would be Wayne, Jeezy, Ross, and Ross had more than them. But that, that's who had like Clat and Ti had like a couple of them that was that was hitting. But it would be Wayne, Jeezy, Ross is in a class of he's in an exclusive club. He has enough music that, and even his unreleased stuff. And Ross is not playing. In all honesty, he is what he's built to be. He is a motherfucker. And when you go back and look at his, you know, if you. 
we're talking about his albums. And so, like, you know, I'm one of those people, like, if you have a time capsule of rap, there's certain albums you got to put in, though, and from different areas. So, like, I think Scarface the Diary should be in, though. We're going to talk some albums. I think UGK, Ryan Dirty, Outkast, AT Aliens, and Equipment, I should be in, though. I think T.I. should be in there. I think that um, trap music should be in there. Trap music? I don't think the first one. Yeah, both of them should be in there. Like I said, I think Scarface Made should be in there. Yeah, Scarface Made and Dyra should be in there. Exactly. But none of those probably had the... Huh? Good and Mark Soul Food should be in there. Good and Mark Soul Food. But none of those albums had the cultural impact that Deepening Rap had when he dropped it for that decade. I disagree. I mean, Deepening Rap... I told you it did something for the South. It did. It took the South to that next level. I disagree with that. And it took him to that next level. It may have took him, but I disagree with it changed rap and that it took the South somewhere. Well, the change of rap may have, may be kind of a hard thing. It it shifted. It shifted the balance of power. So it's just like that. It's just like the school. It's just like the school getting the first bit recruit and that's leading their program to the next level. So like when Bobby Bowden took over Florida State. Ron Simmons, who you know, may, you may know him from NWA, WCW, Doom Tag Team, first black heavyweight champion. He was the first bit recruit Florida State ever got. And Bobby Biden always says, I was able to be so successful because I landed Ron Simmons. And that's what Deeper Than Rap is to me for Ross. It was that that first bit thing that kind of pushed 50 Cent to the side and show that, hey, the South owns music, rap right now. And See, I disagree with all of that. I mean, by the, by the time, by 2009, the South has been running the rap game for a long time now. The, the North had already fell off. I think, well, if it, if you look at, like, the North fell off, he the one who closed the door. That album closed the door. Deeper Than Rap was a great album. I'm not taking nothing away from it. But as far as, like, it's the thing that propelled us out, hell no. 2009, the South was already rolling. The South was rolling from... I mean, the only, the only motherfuckers the North had was, like, Jay-Z. And, and New York just buys New York, but it wasn't because of Deeper Than Rap, not in my estimation. It was just a good-ass album. Deeper Than Rap isn't even, a, in my opinion, it's not even the best album between Rick Ross, uh, Lil Wayne, and Young Jeezy. They're not, they're not the best album. But let me ask you this. I mean, we're going 30 minutes, and we've been going 30 minutes, and that's a good, good enough talk about Ross. Ultimately, where does he wind up on your? Where does he wind up? Or what's his legacy? Yeah, ultimately, what's his legacy? Uh, underappreciated and undervalued. And he came in at a time when rap needed. Like he's really been underappreciated and undervalued. He's worked very hard, and he has. He does not get. I put Rick Ross over Jay Z. And anybody that like these motherfuckers saying now on Facebook, that's not up for debate. Jay Z don't have the catalog he has. Jay Z don't have the lineage that he has. Jay Z don't have nine albums, and he don't have seven of seven classic albums. I want to hop on that last statement you just said, and I'm gonna conclude like this: Tupac doesn't have that. Biggie doesn't have it. Jay Z doesn't have it. I think you said it best. He's un- he's been a a beacon of longevity, consistently decent, consistently good, oftentimes great longevity in a game that doesn't see that. The people who are consistently great, 
normally fall by the wayside at some point. Your Snoop Dogs, your Scarfaces, age catches them. And I know he came into the game a little later than them, but for him to do this in this time when music is at its lowest, to consistently put out the stuff he puts out, it's a hell of a legacy for Ross. So I agree with you. It'll be undervalued, be underappreciated. He won't be Rick Flat. He won't be Hulk Hogan. He'll be Jerry Lawler. The one wrestler who's held every title from every promotion and nobody knows him. But you go back and be like, whoa, he's held over 150 titles. Right. And that's Rick Ross. And that's Rick Ross. Thank you guys for listening. This has been digitaldarren.com. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. We go way back, I can take you way back. To ride Chevy's only now we in a Maybach. Yeah. Caramel, she ride on top like it's a carousel. So infectious, I'm addicted. How would she ever fail? All my whips are classic. Maybe this my magnum opus. Too focused to get pussy to one of my soldiers. The loyalty is deep. She my Merle Street.